Hey, what's going on, everybody out there listening? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's Joey and Colin here. We are in your ear. Buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Headcase Podcast. Uh, if you're following us or sharing it, liking it or not liking it, share it anyways. Uh, follow us on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm going to start doing that at the beginning, better intros, because we're not so good at it yet. We're getting there. Um, so first couple episodes in, we've gotten some good feedback. We've also gotten some good constructive criticism that we're going to take into account. And uh, one of them being, you know, what are you talking about? You're bouncing back and forth a lot. So today, my meathead brethren and myself are going to talk about what got us into the gym sports while we're still in there we've talked about it a little bit before but you know it's our it's our therapy but there's a there's a long history behind it obviously why we still do it and why we still enjoy it so yeah without further ado also real quick um if you are listening or have listened and like we've asked before you want to write us a email you know if you know us personally send us a text tell us your story it doesn't have to be crazy uh if you have any questions for us that you can think of any topics you can think of shoot them our way and we'd love to talk about it we're always looking for more material so anyways <clears throat> yeah so we're talking about let's see uh the gym food what we eat you know why we still go body fat percentages uh what your goals are what our goals are with uh you know doing this, the company, the business one day, hopefully. And, you know, we have goals in the gym too. So we're always trying to improve there and uh, some day-to-day life stuff as always. There'll probably be a few random topics in there. Hopefully it makes it a little more fun, but uh, yeah. Colin, you can start off with, um, I mean, I really want to talk about, I really want to talk about sports. First of all, Um, I think day and age we're living in from what I can tell, that is a dying thing, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's all we had growing up. I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't ever remember being like kicked out of the house as a kid to play sports. Um, but I just remember since I, since I could ride a bike, I just wanted to be outside and that's where I'd get done with school and I'd go outside and start playing sports. And since I can remember, I played as many sports as possible. Um, the main three that I played in high school were football, wrestling, and baseball. And baseball was actually like really my passion. Um, and I was in and out of wrestling too, uh, mainly because kicked my ass but <laughs> I mean, it's tough um, you wrestle? I I could be mistaken but I'm pretty sure I wrestled every single year but uh sophomore year I quit uh so I didn't finish out that year um but freshman and sophomore year I wrestled at 125 and then uh, that's actually the, when I found the gym and then sit junior and senior year, junior year, I wrestled at 189 and then senior year I wrestled heavyweight. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 
Okay, wait, what year did you say you were 125? Uh, junior and sophomore, or I mean, uh, freshman and sophomore year. I was 125 pounds. That's what I wrestled wait. at. And then you went to? And then junior year, I went to 189 pounds. Jesus <laughs> Christ. How is that even possible? Well, uh, so, all right. So, uh, at the end of sophomore year, uh, that's when I found the gym. And I was a teenage boy and I ate. And I didn't count, but I would say probably around three to 4,000 calorie diet and going to the gym two to three times a day. Yeah, and I jumped it, dude, it had to 60 pounds over calories. Yeah, I jumped 60 pounds. <clears throat> That's insane. You said baseball, though, right? How long have you played baseball? Uh, further back than I can remember. I've always yeah. played baseball. Always. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had a baseball in the crib, like, type thing. Yeah. That was definitely, that was definitely my first love. Like, I haven't even heard that term from people nowadays. It's like, nowadays meaning like a younger younger kid but like baseball for me was the first love I mean I was playing probably I think when I was four or five and I never missed a single season until I was done playing at like 18. Yeah I mean I got trophies from all the way back when I was like four years old yeah but I still have them it's one thing I miss is baseball a lot so a lot of people don't really appreciate it you know like I mean I think most people that I meet, unless you grew up playing, they're like, I can play it. I just can't watch it on TV. Well, it's like, well, then you never really liked it that much. You're not very good, are you? <laughs> but I probably, I probably have the same appreciation for, like, people that play soccer because I've never been a soccer person. But that's only because I'm pretty sure if I played soccer, I would not keep up because I, I can't run like that for an hour that, and a half um, on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's insane. That's Even insane. Basketball, like, I love playing basketball, but watching it, like even high school, college pros, I'm like, good God, it's just constant. That's why, I don't know, it's kind of why I love baseball. It's like slow pace. It's very methodical. And it's just, you know, 60 feet when you're a kid, 90 feet when you're older and <clears throat> different type of athleticism though too, which is kind of funny because now doing this job, I'm jumping ahead a second, but now doing this job, it's funny because when we look for like special warfare type people, you know, you're, you're talking about, um any any branch really when you go out to look for special warfare you're not necessarily you're actually not really looking for football players yeah you're not really looking for basketball players what's funny is that we look for swimmers water polo baseball players um and those are those are, those seem to be like the top ones but yeah they're all they're all just different type of athleticism and also different type of team sports that we mentioned it before but you know baseball is very it's kind of it's kind of a very individualistic team sport. Like with basketball and football, you can't have anything happen without everybody doing something at the exact same time, you know? Yeah. Like in baseball, when you're hitting, it's just you versus nine. I mean, it's really like one-on-one, -on -one, really. And then when you're on defense, even. When that ball's, ball's hit, hit to you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just you. Yeah. And then you have to make the play with the team, but. Yeah, people got to move around and stuff, but it's not, you're not really like dependent too, too much on other people. So it's interesting. So you said baseball, wrestling, and uh, football. 
Oh yeah. When did you start playing football? Um, well, actually, a little bit of a funny story here is uh, I tried out <laughs> uh, for football in uh, Texas, and oh, yeah. the the entire team was black kids, and I just sat the bench. Yeah. And I mean, we were kids, kids like third grade. This is like third grade. And I was just sitting the bench the entire time. And then my mom got pissed and went and chewed out the coach. Classic. And they had like grabbed me by, I don't know if she grabbed me by my face mask or my shoulder pads or whatever, but dragged me off the field and said, we're done with this. He's not going to sit here and sit on the bench. These, these are kids. Everybody's supposed to be able to play. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so like that first time I actually got to play football was, uh, when we moved up to Wisconsin, um, I think that was six, sixth grade is when I started. That's a lot earlier than me. I literally just, I did basketball in like, um, middle school, whatever you call that type of league. And then baseball forever. But I didn't even start playing football until my sophomore year in high school, which is crazy. Cause like I never got put into it. And then I grew up with some neighbors um, uh, a family with three boys who were all around the same age. And then we started just playing out in the, the street every day, like every single day, like getting after it. And then I found out that I had decent hands and I was like, why not? It'll make me really cool, <laughs> which wasn't true, but it was still a crazy cool experience, you know, playing for like the team that I did and whatever. But yeah, it was never, it was never really like a huge passion, but it was a great experience for sure. And what's funny about basketball is I don't know if you had this when you were young, but even with baseball, well, okay. I'll just back up any sport that I played when I was very young. Like, let's say any, pretty much any time before high school, every time I'd be like out there doing it, you just have that, that blur vision. Like you don't really know, like you're out there doing it, but it's all kind of like adrenaline. Yeah. You don't really know the game well enough. That, that's really all it is, is that you don't know the game well enough to like, really contribute and like focus on what to do next and kind of compartmentalize every step because mm-hmm. when I used to play basketball as a little kid like practice was okay and then like be on the bench was like oh this is cool but then as soon as they were like yeah get in there I was just like like just no idea where <laughs> to go what to do no idea who to screen like the plays just went out I don't know what it was I was just like it was like I blacked out every time I went out there and I think it's just knowledge of the game. That's, that's probably all it is. Cause you know, baseball clicked and I, you know, he, I took over that once I got into it, but same with football too. Like I was good in practice and I had, you know, decent hands and speed, but then every time I went into a game, cause I only played for like a year or two, every time I went in, I would just be like, just blacked out. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like, Oh, there's... <laughs> I have no idea what happens. Yeah. You know, that's a, uh, actually, very true and also like when I was in middle school playing football well really well I I remember stuff about baseball but I've been playing baseball since I could walk kind of deal so like uh but football and wrestling all I can the only thing I can remember from playing was the first time I had to play in snow in football. Oh, sweet. And 
I put, I was, uh, I think I was tight in and I put my hands down into the snow to get in the three point stance. And I just remembering like my fingers going numb <laughs> and that's not good for a tight end who has to catch a ball. <laughs> yeah. So then I had to go to the stands and get my mom's uh, brown leather female gloves that had grips on the fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> and I wore those. <laughs> that's hot. Oh my god! Smell like a mass murderer out there. <laughs> uh, that's what's funny about um, not really funny so much as just something I really notice with people who don't play team sports. Like the biggest thing I notice is you know I don't walk around judging older people for like not being a part of a team or team sports because there's other things to get the socialization and the camaraderie things like that, but. <clears throat> one thing that I think you and I, like everyone that has done these kinds of things, gotten out of it was like, whenever it's 40 degrees out and I can be in my shorts and a shirt for like a couple hours and not freak out, you mm-hmm. know, and people are like, Oh my God, it's so cold. I'm like, literally since I've been a child, I've been in baseball or football in high school where it's like, I was up at 5. AM in the winter in December like 5 a.m. before high school out there in like my feet would just be like glass. They would hurt so bad because it was so cold. Oh, yeah. And like you're just standing there, you know, during practice, like in the practice squad, whatever, you're just standing out in the field at 530 in the morning and it's freezing cold for hours. And you're like, you just like get this different type of hardened thing without even realizing at the time. But that's why I think a lot of things just come so easily. You know, you know, you know how to you know how to win, you know how to lose, you know how to take criticism, you know how to get your ass beat and be okay with it. I don't know, different, just a lot of different environments, I think. But I like team sports a lot. I came to the realization too that that's why we're really good at, not just we, but I think anybody who played organized sports really thrives in the military too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude, it's so similar. I mean, I didn't even really realize it until, I don't know why I didn't realize it, but it took me two or three years just because it's not something I put together, you know, first, you know, I wasn't like thinking about it, but it clicked one day and I was like, I think this is why I enjoy this because as, you know, good and bad and indifferent as it can be, the structure is like the exact same. There's, there's a coach, there's the teamwork, there's the communication, there's good days, bad days, kind of like, it just seems really similar. Oh yeah, you can relate a lot of things. You got your your coach, your assistant coaches, your team captains, and then you got your team, the people that actually do all the work and get the job done, win the game. For sure. Go That's home great. on time. <laughs> yeah, having having a mission, you know, like yeah. it's all yeah, it, it's it's very similar. Um I was gonna come back to <clears throat> Oh, I think one funny thing, actually, I think it was just a surreal thing for me was when I was um, 18, you know, graduated high school and my next step was, you know, due to grades, obviously, and everything else was I was going to go to the JC that's actually, you know, around here, um, Sacramento area, Sierra College. And it was such a culture shock coming from such a small town just up the hill a ways, 
you know, school of like 900. And that was like the biggest it had been um, to this JC and not a single one of my teammates, even though there were several that were very good. There was not a single one that wanted to go. So I was the only dude from my school and around a bunch of people who are already either on the team, right. Trying out again, or like a bunch of people from all around the area. And it was so intimidating. Just, I remember nobody was there that I knew or even like was talking to at the time. And I just show up and I, yeah, the first couple of days I realized I was not that great on the, it was like the simplest thing was even just throwing a ball with someone who I'd never met for some reason was really hard, which is super weird, but playing catch with someone that you've never seen before. And then having them like 50 yards away, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I don't even know you. Can I trust you? And like, you don't even throw it right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Super weird. I remember like the first day sitting on the bench, watching everything. And I looked down the bench and there's like all the people who were probably on the team already from the year before. And actually not even just them, everybody that were on the field was, was dipping. I'd never even seen it before. I mean, I'm being dead serious. Never even maybe a couple of guys on football team, but like nobody dipped. I don't know why nobody really dipped. Nobody really smoked too much where we're from. Mm -hmm. And on that field, I was like, dude, every single person on this field has a dip in. So naturally, after practice, so naturally after practice, I stopped and got, I'm pretty sure it was like the shiniest green can I could find. It was like a, it was like a green skull, but it was like a shiny green skull, skull. And yeah. it was like, you know, winter green, but like intense winter green. I was like, oh yeah, sick. <laughs> Dude, I just remember like, I remember watching like the Sandlot and all these, you know, movies about like, okay, one, don't swallow it. Don't take that big a one. You know, whatever you do. So in my mind, I'm like, I got in my car and I was headed back home and I put in like this, just like pinch, like pinch, pinch. Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to try it out. I put it in. And first of all, you know, I was like, this shit is straight cutting my gums open. Cause it literally does. Right. Yep. And I had no idea. And I was like, it is on fire. It tastes weird. And then literally 30 seconds later, I was like drunk, like, drunk dude i mean yep. people that people that don't like smoke tobacco or chew and then you do it the first time you're just like like i was gone <laughs> just driving home like oh my god and all i thought was like how do these guys play like this <laughs> like, how do they do it this is my first couple of times i was like i don't know i can't even i can barely stand up right now yeah so that didn't last very long and then yeah, I think my biggest thing was my dad had got me into the gym because he had a huge gym phase when he was like in his mid mid to late 30s, all that all that time with a buddy of his. Um, and what's crazy is like being a kid, I, I he used to like always come pick me up from school like in his, you know, his sheriff uniform. Mm-hmm. And like literally I'd get in the car and he was like, he was real proud of his gym few years. I mean, he did it for a long time, but I specifically remember that time because I was like, yo, this dude's getting yoked. <clears throat> and what's funny is I, I outweigh what he weighed by 30 pounds right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. So maybe not that big. I was just a tiny kid, yeah. um, but he, he'd always pick me up in his sheriff. Costume. Costume. It's costume. He was just pretending. Uniform. Yeah. And he'd always like pick me up like this. I'd be in the pastor seat. He'd be like, yo, check this out. And like, he'd 
damn near breaking out of his uniform. I'd be like, <laughs> whoa, dad, Jesus. And it started taking me a little bit. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it started, I don't know if it started off much more than just some time with him doing something that he enjoyed, you know? And then, uh, yeah, and then it, it, then it became kind of a cool thing to do once you met new people who were into it. And there's always that kind of progress together with people, meeting new people, and it's just a healthier thing to do. But mm-hmm. what about you? What got you? What got All you right, so uh, sophomore year, um, at whatever point of the year it was, I remember just a couple of like the rebellious kids. They were like walking behind me um while I was at my locker and uh I mean they always mess with me and they just try to piss me off and it worked and then I remember the I want to say it was the last time but it may not have been but uh the third guy walked by me the last guy walked by me and all three of them kicked the back of my knee but when the last one did I snapped and I turned around and I punched him and I hit him wherever. I don't even remember where I hit him and I broke my hand. Right. You. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was also trying to get big for football and, um, Mike Hansen, my uh, science teacher, physics teacher, and the wide receiver coach for football. Great dude. And every time I go back home, if I try to play basketball with him, as long as he's playing, because they do like a uh, alumni and faculty basketball oh, yeah. pickup games, right? Uh, great dude. He was like, you need, to, you need to start working out. You need to get bigger for football and stuff like coaching me. And then same with our weightlifting coach. And he was our uh, offensive and defensive line coach for football. And this dude was just jacked out of his mind, like bodybuilder type jacked. Like we walk into the gym and he's over there curling 135, getting it. And (laughs) yeah. And uh, so I started going and I, I was that was at the end of the school year. So the summer started, he was doing a wide receiver camp, went to his wide receiver camp um, and started doing workouts with him. And our weightlifting coach created a program for us. And it was all about beat the, beat the computer. Right. So he prints out these sheets with the workout program for us. And it would be like your last set. You need to beat what the computer says you need to do. And I was a teenager and I was consuming a pizza and a bag of chips in one sitting and <laughs> just eating everything and anything and started at 125-ish. And by wrestling, I want to say by the end of the summer, I was damn near 180. And... By wrestling season, I was wrestling 189. That's an insane jump. But it was like, 
it was like, well, Casey Hayes, our star fullback, middle linebacker, our current 189 pounder, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, he wrestled 189 every year. <laughs> but he had a cut to get to 189, right? Oh, Lord. Hey, I mean, he was just the powerhouse. But, he, I mean, nobody ever picked on him, right? Yeah. With good reason. Because he'll yeah. fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, definitely, so, I definitely have the same mentality. Was like I was always trying to – I was always trying to just impress with just like the talent side because I knew damn well I had zero like actual backup. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. always trying to like impress with like the, the talent side or do something in this sport or even you know the weight room is like this is where you know it might be hard for a lot of people who have never gotten into just certain activities was you know it's like it starts with sports and then once you get to high school I mean they you know they have the classes and it was like morning PT kind of light core maybe some other stuff and then you know we had a literal last period of weightlifting every day and then you go out and play football so like there was the weightlifting, and there's all this competition with all these guys that you either like or really don't like that seems to be like the only in between and it's just like how is he doing more like he's just naturally bigger than me because i'm like one i was six one 150 like just a damn straw all of high school mm -hmm. um you know always just trying and but yeah man the food is interesting like my mom always talks about that, you know, thousand dollar grocery bills every month. And I mean, Jesus, like have your, you know, your school food. And then I remember like after football, we do, everyone would go to McDonald's like real quick. Cause it was like down the road for like two burgers and fries and an apple pie and a drink, go home and have dinner. Mm -hmm. And then I remember literally I used to eat cereal out of, the biggest mixing bowl that we had like the big tin mixing bowls yeah <clears throat> and then if that didn't do it i used to have like a you know triple decker peanut butter and jelly and like a huge glass of milk <laughs> it's just disgusting like just talking about it but i that legit was like every day yeah so i probably eat like pretty close to half a box of cereal yeah for breakfast and but i never had like the big bowl because it would get soggy i'd have the regular cereal bowls and have two to four yeah <laughs> you know <They're> like... <laughs> and then uh but like the snacks in between meals they weren't they weren't snacks they were more meals yeah and like anybody in my family or hung out hung out with me would be like are you hungry Oh, never mind. That's a stupid question. It's probably been at least an hour since you ate. You're probably good for a meal, right? Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it was like a like the running joke that every two hours I'm I was good for a full blown meal. I know it was pretty nuts. I think so. Let me see. For me. For me, my next step was when I was, well, I mean, I never really stopped. That's the thing. I mean, honestly, since, since 17 years old, 
to be honest, besides, you know, my stint of low point, you know, like not really having anywhere to go be, that was only, that was really only like probably a year and a half in total, which is a long year and a half. But I mean, that was probably the only break I've had from not being in the gym besides maybe a couple injuries here and there. And those were never really more than like a few months. I mean, since I was 17, I haven't really stopped and I'm 30 and you know, people are like, Oh my God, it's crazy. Like nowadays, you know, you're lifting, I'm lifting or anybody really like anyone who hears the whole, anything as far as must be nice or what did you do? Or like, how do you do it? It's like, well, it's been 12 years, first of all. Yep. And to be honest, we think about grand scheme of 12 years, not that much progress. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, when you put yeah. it into like a 12 year perspective, you'd think you were like, I mean, it depends on what your goals are, but you know, it just, it doesn't seem like, doesn't seem to add up really. But um, yeah, I just never really stopped. So then after high school, I had my first place and I was literally across the street from a Gold's gym, which was freaking godsend. That was amazing. That was an awesome gym. And then I've been around a lot of Gold's gyms, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Jeez, I've been to like four different ones. They're amazing. I'm a huge fan. Um, yeah, I love Gold's gym. Yeah, I'm a huge fan because they had the one in Lincoln. And then I went to the one right I'm talking about right now, my first apartment. And that's the first time, that's the very first time I ever dabbled in any kind of supplementation was when I was like, I was 18 or 19 at the time. And I was still, I was still 6'1", literally to the dot, 6'1", 155 still. And so obviously I love the gym. I don't, I've never been someone to be like, I want to be a pro bodybuilder one day. Even now I'm like, I don't, that's not my goal, right? I just, I just loved it. It was part of my day. It still is part of my day. And I want to just do more with it. I like seeing progress, right? So even at that age, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get some supplements. And back in, you know, 2009 or whatever this was, you know, FDA didn't have their grummy fingers all over everything. So that shit worked. (laughs) (laughs) And so I literally... Like my mom was like, what are you doing? Cause I went from 155 to 185 in 30 days and Jesus, like overnight. I don't, I remember stepping on the scale, like first couple of weeks being like, when is this stuff going to kick in? And then like overnight it was 165. And then like a week later, I don't, I remember stepping on the scale all the time and never saw one seventies at all. <laughs> it was like 168, 181. <laughs> then i was 185 and i was like whoa and then basically kept 185 on i mean i got real skinny during the whole other part but then after i got back like into the military i got i you got got back up to 175 and then got back in the gym and started really getting serious about not even too serious to be honest i'm not even all that serious about supplements but you know just same lifestyle and then 185, 195, 205, 215. We got to like, I don't know what we were at, you know, a while ago, but a few years ago, we were killing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was lighter than I am now, but in a good way. <laughs> I'm out of shape right now, but it's shaping up where like right now, I'm thinking that my body's going to stay at. 245 250 
which is gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, because I'm actually, crazy. you know, actually, I actually just watched something on uh, what's his name, Mark Henry, the running back for the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. He's literally six foot three, just like I am. Two fifty. And he is a beast. Yeah. He is a locomotive. I would not want to be around him. Um, it's actually a good, good topic as far as the, the mental side of things, right? Was where were you at mentally or emotionally or whatever the last, like, what, couple years we didn't see each other? Oh yeah. So like just to, to get to where you, you know, you just recently were and what you're doing now. Yeah. So when I was leaving San Diego, I had just got done with that shoulder surgery, barely able to do a push up, but somehow convinced my doctor that I was ready to go just that way we could transfer because our living situation wasn't great out here. And uh, got out there, couldn't really justify getting a gym membership and spending money on that with my wife being pregnant. I was about to have a kid, only having one source of income, and I can't even do body weight stuff yet. Like, I'm still working on just stretching my shoulder out. So, fell out of the gym routine. And then we had our first kid and fell into the dad routine. And we went through a rough patch and worked it out and then got pregnant again. And it was, it literally just like life hit. And I was just so mentally distracted with working a travel agent job kind of deal, working 24 seven and still finding time for family that mentally I was just defeated all the time. And little did I know it was just because I was out of shape mentally and physically. Like I did, I wasn't getting my therapy in. I wasn't getting that release and I was just defeated. Mm -hmm. And then my savior came in and like this, re- this reservist I worked with, uh, Malott, Casey Malott. If you're in Michigan near Saginaw, look up CrossFit Whip. Best gym out there, guaranteed. Not only is it a gym, it's a community. It's great. Um, we'll give him a little plug there because honestly, probably like even to the extent of save my life kind of deal. Um, because I was... I was getting pretty, pretty dark, like not getting that release. And he, he was like, come to my gym, try this program out. And if it works great, if it doesn't, we'll try to help, help you find a program. Right. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a heavy lifter. I don't do CrossFit. I don't do that stuff. And then I, he convinced me he's like it's not just crossfit it's a workout just get a workout in that's it when was the last time you worked out and i couldn't remember and uh 
went there and he beat me down crazy like pull a sweat couldn't get up for like five minutes after the workout mm-hmm. and then just that that feeling when I got home I got into the shower and rinsed the sweat off and sat in my chair and I was just like this is what I've been missing in my life and I mean I really I really do believe that that program saved my life because the way that I was eating the way that I wasn't taking care of myself both mentally and physically was just crazy. It's crazy to me that I just let that happen, that just get so distracted in work and family that I wasn't self-investing, you know? Yeah. And then I just get like, I was able to find that headspace again, where I could push myself to my limits and that those workouts and get that release. And it was, it was crazy. Like the different mood that I was in and I wasn't feeling so down and defeated. And I feel, I feel like I wasn't complaining as much anymore because I was getting that release. Yeah. Changes everything. (sighs) Well, how heavy did you get? Uh, so when I was out there, it didn't get as bad as what it was out here, but um, I got up to 280 out there and did their six-week program, and I got down to 250 in six weeks and lost seven – was it 7% body fat, 9% yeah. body fat? But it, I mean, it was a pretty big number for just under two months, you know? Well, yeah. And then again, what was the number out here? Out here. So um, with COVID and everything shutting down I, and me being the travel agent to get reservists out to do this, my job got crazy and I fell out of the gym again and I got out here and it was like, Oh, San Diego food. I haven't been here in so long. Eat out every way, everything. And I got up to 296. And that is the heaviest I've ever been 296 pounds. I almost hit 300. And I just remember feeling like disgusted and I was looked myself in the mirror and I just, I, I call it my inner tube. I seen I seen an inner tube around me. I seen myself and then I seen an inner tube. And I was like, nope. Gym membership, diet, it's time to change. Where you at again now? Uh last time I weighed myself, I was at 253. That's fucking nuts, dude. <clears throat> Like the fluctuation over a couple of years or like what blows my mind is still like the stuff that we talk about because like when you're at 280 or when you're 296 your first thought you know like your first thought like might be looking at yourself in a physical way but then when you got back home you were like my mental is what's fucked up yeah and i mean i would i would notice like 
outburst of my temper getting the best of me again when I wasn't in the gym. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people, a lot of people call it like immaturity, but I don't feel like it's that that's the case for some people or if not a lot of people. Because I don't think that's the case for me because, I mean, I've been told for a while now that I'm mature for my age and how I act older. And I mean, maybe I do act like I'm 27 turning 28 now, but um, I, I honestly think that my temper came from not being able to release, not getting my therapy. And well, just getting that buildup. I think the two words, I mean, at least from my perspective, the two words sound a lot alike. So like when people think it's immaturity, me personally, I think it's insecurity. I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about myself. I mean, possibly might've been the same thing. People just don't like to admit that. But for me too, it's like when you lash out, you say certain things or do certain things, I say immaturity, but really only people, only people that don't know you really well would say you're immature. If I know you yeah. really well, and I know what you're going through. I might just say, I think you're just uncomfortable with yourself and you're projecting that like, oh yeah, people, you know, and that's an insecurity, but people don't want to talk about that shit. They'd rather just be, you know, but then yeah, other people I'd be like, oh my God, he's so mature. Like he's always lashing out and has a temper problem and all this stuff. And it's like, this is why it's so, this is a huge point of why we're even talking about this kind of shit is like, the more, you know, somebody like the more you dig and the deeper it gets, you're like, oh, I see you, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. now I know you're not immature, bro. You just got some shit to work on. And same with me. It's like, I don't, you know, I'm not immature. I just know that I, I do know. And I will admit, I'll be the first to admit because I'm not a fucking afraid of it is that I will project, you know, I have insecurities and I will project them, but then I will look back and be like, okay, that was, that was dumb. You know, that's not immature. That's a totally different thing. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. For me, too. I could not agree anymore. Is the the insecurity like leading to that lash out or whatever the case may be? Yeah. And it's just... Oh, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's just knowing it, recognizing it, and dealing with it. Really. Yeah, but So I think the, um, I don't really know when it clicked for me that it was starting to become therapeutic. It's funny. I had a thought actually this morning, it was like a shower thought, you know, those are the best thoughts. (laughs) And, um, I always put, I always put myself in these crazy situations in my head. You ever like have a full-blown conversation in your head like someone else is criticizing you and you're defending yourself <laughs> literally all the time i don't and then i have to stop myself i'm like what are you doing like you literally just you put yourself i just put myself in a stressful situation and it's like i blacked out and i was actually there and i make up this person in front of me they're like what are you doing that's psychotic shit that you just did and um but this morning it was like, why do you train seven days a week? You know, it's healthy. Like three, four five times a day a week is just as healthy. And I'm like, it's not training seven days a week. I need therapy seven days a week. <laughs> like in my head, yeah. I'm going back and forth. I'm like, I need therapy seven times, 
I need therapy seven days a week. Is it healthy? No, probably not. No, I think I, I do agree with time off and, you know, days off. I mean, I actually feel it too. I think when I'm so sore and my body's like, please stop. And I take a few days off. I always come back better, but most of the time I just, I'm like, fuck you body. I need this right now. Cause I don't know if not, it's going to be something else. I'm going to blow up on somebody because I'm, I just need it. Yeah. That was, that's like the hard part about, um, the breaks that I took was coming back and getting that, that release, getting that therapy, getting it out. And then my mind at that point needs it more than my body can take it. And I'd go in and I would hit that zone and get the release, get that therapy and destroy my muscles and have to switch muscle groups because I wasn't done. I, I couldn't stop yet. Mm-hmm. And then it'd come to the next day or a couple of days later, getting back to those muscle groups and they're not recovered yet. And just, well, I mean, this is going to suck, but I need this. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's, I'm like thinking why you're saying that stuff about just not being able to stop. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's so much different this is this this kind of stuff is where it really ties into what we're kind of the basis of everything that we're talking about like with you know wearing head case aware and all these other things that we're going to represent this is exactly what i'm talking about so like of course we're just talking about the gym okay and we're always going to promote finding whatever your thing is we're just talking about our thing but Mm -hmm. the difference between you like what you just said not being able to stop and someone else who doesn't go there for the same reason is most people go in there and they're like you know, guys especially that aren't in this kind of headspace that we're in and that are going there for you know it could be any, any amount of reasons you know typical health uh muscle growth but a lot of people you know that are vain are going to be like i can't stop because i got this crazy pump and i don't ever want to lose it because i'm like a you know <laughs> and for me and i'm sure for you the difference with that is like something it's not every time but the best ones are when that somehow that switch that switch turns and I think it's the endorphins because you're already, you know, we talked about like meditation. And so you're kind of using meditation in a way working out because you're like thinking about something, someone, some situation. And you're like, okay, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to harness it. I'm going to put it into this workout. And then for some reason, whenever the endorphins hit you, sometimes it like amplifies like crazy in your body like physically in your body, not just your mind and your body, it starts to just like, ah, and keep going and going and going. And then you can't stop because you're like, I need to get all this out and you feel more of it. But I kind of, I don't, I don't, you know, people are like, Oh, that's raging out. Like, I don't think so. I think it's, you're like identifying this and it's coming out of you physically coming out of you. Cause we talked about like trauma or just any type of stress being stored in you. So if you get to that point, your endorphins are like, yo, it's coming, bro. That's where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go until I'm, I'm going to go until I'm like grunting and sweating and breathing hard. And I'm like, there's been a few times at gym, bro, because of just certain situations or serious circumstances where I'm like, I've almost broke down in the gym, but it doesn't mm-hmm. just, it doesn't just happen out of nowhere. It's always when I'm like getting a really good, really, really hard workout. And that endorphin hits me and something emotionally, you know, starts to come out. 
And, um, but it's a great thing. And I've heard this before on, you know, from other people, but I, I like the compare, I like that comparison, but I like the, um, like analogy, I guess would be, it's, it's the only, like that feeling once you get so beat down, like what you were talking about earlier with the workout you did, um, you know, back in uh, Wisconsin or like every time I do it here, it's the only thing that quiets the noise for me, you know, and the noise can be whatever, but like in my head, you know, the constant just wheel spinning, you know, monkey fucking tambourine, like driving me crazy beating myself down like that physically and like using all the stuff and meditation and things like that. And then just exerting all that intensity is the only thing that quiets my mind for, you know, it's not very long afterwards, but it's long enough to, it's long enough to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you get done at the gym and you walk back to your car, you sit in your car and even the drive, you know, it lasts, it lasts a couple of hours, I'd say at least. And you know, the better you get it, the longer it lasts, but you know, it's like, it's long enough to not think about anything other than, man, I'm sweating, man, that was a good workout, man, I'm breathing really clearly, man, my, my head is so clear right now. And it makes you like really grateful and it's peaceful for a second. And like, that's all you need, you know, for that little bit of time. Um, the only other thing that's ever done that for me, you went with me was a uh, core power. Yep, I knew you were going to bring it up. Yep. Dude, core power yoga. There's one up here, but the one in San Diego is the first one I went to. And I mean, of course, I was a skeptic, you know, I was a skeptic like, or critic, and I was skeptical the first time I went. But man, and of course, me being me, you know, I was with someone at the time who was like, come with me in my yoga class. And I was like, Pfft. I'm a rescue swimmer. I got this. And like, I literally just gotten out of school and I went to, of course, the hardest class there and people who do yoga, you know, that, you know, there's hot yoga, obviously like that's already hard enough, but then this class was whatever your class's version is called. It was a hot, it was like hot P90X. It was bullshit. It was like not even yoga. I mean, I love it. I don't mean bullshit in a bad way. I mean, like it was insane. It was it was, you know, 40 people like sardines in a hundred degree room. And I think the only yoga was probably the first three to five minutes. It was like a flow and probably mm -hmm. the last, the last couple minutes. But other than that, it was like, it was like P90X with like five and 10 pound weights the whole fucking hour. And then like, I, you know, we are, we're people that just, I'm never going to walk out of a room. Like once I get into something like that, I am never going to be that person. Like I will pass out in the middle of all those hot ass chicks in that yoga studio before I walk out. Oh, <laughs> you know absolutely. Like, so I'm always, I was always pushing myself, like literally always almost passing out halfway through. And then at the very end though, it's probably the best I've ever felt like in my life, as far as using something to, you know, using something to calm down or you know to um you know to, to kind of digress from your day or whatever you want to call it but i remember being so beat down and i've never sweat so much in my life and so much focus on what you're doing and then you lay down and all you do is breathe and you focus on the breathing and they talk to you a little bit and it's like five minutes of that and i've never in my life felt more just just blank 
blank mind, like nothing there. Yeah. I actually, you know what? I haven't thought about that in a long time, but that is the closest I can, I can explain to you of how like the workouts were CrossFit whip, but it's only it, but they're, the workouts are like uh, arranged where you can do that to yourself or you cannot push yourself as much and like finish every single rep, finish every single set kind of deal in. You can still get a good workout in, but like, I mean, you and me both, we got a pride thing. And like you said, you would never walk out of that room. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to do less than what the board says, you know, exactly. (laughs) The board says that I'm doing that. And I'm going to kill myself doing it. Well, not that, but like, yeah, no, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to push myself till way. I pass out. Yeah. Vomit. I don't know what, I don't know, you know, where that comes from. I mean, I think, I mean, it's obviously just a uh, competitive type person. I mean, but that's, a, that's kind of the funny thing is like, it's not that it's not like, you know, anybody, you know, it's almost like competitive slash embarrassment. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not really sure what it is, but it's a, it's also just it's also just proving it to yourself though i think for me you know like yeah i like i like to prove it to myself too you know it was that's kind of a i've always had that mindset too because i mean if there's anything like like one thing is like, i don't like to run so if you're someone listening to this and you're like yeah my thing is running that's awesome if i've ever had to do a run for anything I see, like, see the way I just said that. <laughs> see the way I just said that. I didn't say when I want to go for a run. I say if I ever have to do a run, like to keep my career or like in search and rescue school. Like, I might hate it, but I always push. I hate it, and I still push harder than most people I know. You know, like you don't like. Dude, I remember watching you when we were kind of junior still, and like, pretty sure you don't like running, and you were always front of the pack you know, like puking off the side of the road and still front of the pack. Well, that's because, yeah, it's just, I felt like I had something to prove actually. Um, Because when I came in, I came in at 211 pounds. I wasn't way out of shape or anything like that, but I would, I mean, I'm just a bigger guy and I was, I was getting, my belt cut, you know, how the RDCs, like you put your belt on the RDCs, have you line up because they don't trust you with scissors and they cut your belt for you. I don't know if you <laughs> did that, but yeah. that's how ours was. And uh, I remember this uh, second class was my RDC. Uh, I don't remember her rate, but her name was Dell, Petty Officer Dell. And she was three foot nothing. <laughs> and uh, had... <laughs> something against everybody that was taller than her so especially especially the road guards the guy the tallest four of the uh, division absolutely hated us and she like she was cut my belt and she's like oh not much to cut off here we'll be seeing you at the end of the prt huh and i was like i got you don't worry. So like ever since then, it's, I'm pushing myself. And if I, if I'm not first, I'm going to be like top five, at least every single time. Yeah. 
I hear that. See, like, if only we could go back and, like, say shit to these people, you'd be like, I can lose weight. You can't get taller. <laughs> well, apparently, I can't lose weight either because I'm 250 now. So, <laughs> so Penelope Dell, if you're watching this, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, let's see. I definitely want to talk about a couple other... Oh, you know what? Okay. So, you know what? Let me just, I'm going to remake this point real quick. Cause it's like, I got to keep plugging our purpose. I love talking about the gym and all this stuff, you know, we talk about, but like plugging the whole reason behind this is huge. You know, it's crazy. I was at the gym a few days ago and this guy is more of like an acquaintance. He's a cool kid. He's younger. Um, but I asked him if he listened to it and he was like, yeah, yeah. Um, so what made you want to talk about that stuff? And I was like, pretty sure i explained it a lot <laughs> like what do you mean like i i don't really know what to say i was like did you did you listen to anything after the story or like and i'm pretty sure i explained it pretty well so i feel like i need to keep kind of plugging that away or something i don't know it kind of threw me off but um i don't like take it personally because i think when i hear stuff like that i think that they are probably a typical person who is not comfortable with the the idea you know, I mean, still a young ass kid too. So you're probably not comfortable with being vulnerable, especially, you know, I, I mean, think of like an early twenties, you, you know, oh yeah, you're just hard. That's all, you know, you know, yep. that's all you want to be. You can't um, show weakness. Yeah. You're not yeah. comfortable with it. That's exactly what I was kind of, well, not to mind. say that this is weakness or anything, but in no, your eyes, no. it is exactly at it's, that it's age, complete opposite. But yeah, that's what went through my head when he asked me, like, what you made you want to talk about this? Like, it was kind of off-putting, but then I was like, you'll get it one day. But um, <laughs> but basically what we've been talking about is like the fact that your mentality, your emotions, like find your thing that makes you happy. Just be happy. And like, if you're worried about, you know, body image stuff, I think, I think you got to just start with happy you know, go back to the first episode we talked about was the investing in yourself. And that's exactly what, it's exactly what you were just saying, you know, that you identify that you weren't doing enough. And I mean, we've all been, I mean, you and I, and most of that we know with anything other than with any type of responsibility, I mean, meaning, you know, you don't have to have a family to have responsibility, but I mean, you know, the more you got going on, the harder it is to invest in yourself until you just start to sacrifice for those things, which, you know, you obviously made choices and you started to sacrifice again, like you're doing it right now. And I mean, you and I both did it for years when like I started my family and then you did, but like we used to, we used to go to the gym after work, you know, I mean, that's when most gyms are packed to the gill is like mm -hmm. five 30 to eight you know, six to eight 30, whatever it may be, they're packed to the fucking brim. And that's all well and good, but I also have priorities that go beyond myself. So once I had, once I started my family, you know, prior number one is like being there when it matters. So yes, I do want to invest in myself. Yes. I do want to do these things, but what bugs me is when people say that they don't have enough time 
because you know the answer to that. If you're someone saying, I don't have enough time, you already know you're lying through your teeth. You're lying to yourself. Nobody wants to hear that shit. The only, the only truth is that you, you don't really want to change. You just want to complain about it. That's just the truth. You just want someone to sympathize for you for being out of shape, for being unhealthy mentally or you know, emotionally. You don't know who to talk to. You just want sympathy, sympathy, sympathy from everybody because my main priority was being there when it mattered. So I was like, you know what? This is going to suck, but we're not going to the gym anymore after work because I, I deserve to be home. They deserve for me to be home right after work. It's the only time in the day that I have. So 430, yep. 5 o'clock through the rest of the night, every single night. <clears throat> cool. And then I made it priority to myself because I know I, it's never stopped. I know damn well I have to invest in myself to be the best version for them or else I'll go off the fucking rails like I will. And so, I mean, for a long time, we were like going to bed nine, 10 o'clock, no later. And I mean, shit, I remember, I think it started at like getting up at five and being there by six and killing like an hour workout to get to work. And then after a while, it was like, we we're waking up at four, being there by four thirty or five, getting a two hour workout in or an hour and a half workout in being, you know, like have a little more time, take a shower, get ready and then go to work. But I mean, that's a grind, you know? And like, what's funny is most people talk about those schedules when they're talking about becoming hugely successful and a millionaire's attitude, or you like, look at all these, you know, pro this or that online. Like I sleep four hours a day because I want to become this. It's like, I don't want to become shit. I just know that I need to invest in myself to be a better person. I'm not out here like, I get up at 4 a.m. because I want to be a pro bodybuilder and I want to be a millionaire and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I just do it because I know who I am and I know that I need to get my ass in the gym and feel good throughout the day and then go home to my family where they deserve me there. Like, mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with... And all that other stuff is kind of bullshit. Because when you hear... If you go online, you go on YouTube right now, motivational videos are all like, 99% of people don't do this. The 1% are billionaires. They, don't, they just don't sleep. Well, it's like... I don't need that. I just, I mean, yeah, sure. It'd be nice, but it's like, that's not, that's not even really that good of motivation. Yeah. It's like, what if it was like, Hey, here's your plan right here and you'll be happier. And over time, you'll probably feel better and look better. Pretty simple. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's not that crazy. Yeah, that actually like, Reminds me of one of my favorite uh, Arnold quotes. I don't know if I quoted it on here yet, but like uh, he did an interview um, where he's talking about like uh, he was doing the classes and waking up at uh, 4 a.m., 3 a.m. to do his first workout. And he's like, yeah, I slept four hours a night kind of deal going through this whole process. And people are like, Arnold, I, I can't do that. I need my eight hours. And he goes, and to them, I say, you need to sleep faster. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love that shit. Dude. I love it so much. He's like, sleep faster. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I really do. I mean, I don't know, man. People have such a, <sighs> people have a, a, a huge herd mentality with a lot of things that just aren't true 
like it's just it's just known that you need to get you know seven to nine hours of sleep right but that's actually only that's every person's different like genetically like actually down to genetics some people can demand way less and some people can demand way more to perform the exact same now is it gonna be harder for you if you want to change your lifestyle yeah sure but maybe you've just been oversleeping your whole fucking life and didn't even know it you know i mean you're like no i need my dude my favorite shit is when people want to argue before they even ever try it like i can't stand it when you're like hey try this just as a as a friend a recommendation like no i need my nine hours you just you don't even know you don't even know me without my nine hours i'm like I'm not you the same person. Fucking, you don't even fucking know you without nine hours. You've never done it before. You're lazy. Like, just try, you know? I'm not saying you got to, like, get up at 3 a.m. and, like, make your egg whites. It's just, like, little steps, you know? Go to bed earlier. What are you doing past 11 anyways? Nothing productive. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing? It, it's just all these mindsets. You know, I was watching, I was listening to some stuff today about, like, you know, breakfast being the most important meal of the day. And, and he was... This guy was, it was Joe Rogan's podcast earlier. And I've always, dude, for years, like when I was way younger, I was like, that's the most bullshit I've ever heard because I feel, I feel a hundred times better every day. And I never eat breakfast ever. Like I just, I feel so great and energized and productive in the morning. I have my workout. I don't eat until lunch or past lunch, like 12, yeah. one, two. And then I eat dinner whenever I feel like, but you know, so I'm like intermittent fasting, but way before it was cool, but not, <laughs> not on purpose. It's just, is what felt right. You know? And people are like, it's the most important meal. It's like, no, I think it's propaganda bullshit. Imagine like you can get online. Like I imagine, you know, someone could start by saying like, dude, it'd be so easy for, you know, like this country to be like, oh, studies just came out that a fourth meal is necessary just to drive in, you know, profit for some other bullshit food. You know, a fourth meal late at night is necessary. It's the most important recovery meal of the day before we go to sleep. <laughs> like <laughs> breakfast is bullshit. I mean, me personally, I think, but I know people very close to me. They're like, no, gotta have it. Gotta have breakfast. It's like, have you ever not had breakfast just to see how you feel for like a week? No, shut up. <laughs> like, yeah, well, actually shit? that's, that's the thing about uh, me is up until uh, four or five years ago, literally could not function, could not perform any task without having breakfast. If I didn't have breakfast, like my stomach would be in knots, couldn't do it. I need something, a granola bar, something has, I need to eat something. And uh, I did it. I did it for a little bit, um, trying to do the intermittent fasting, right. And trying to get like the fasted cardio workout in mm -hmm. and it actually, it actually worked out just because, um, I was doing my cardio workout right about the same time I'd be eating breakfast. So it was kind of like trying to change my mindset of this is a time to eat to this is a time to work out. And once I did that, like now I'll, I'll have, I'll have breakfast if I'm home and I start to get hungry, but even then it'll only, it'll be like 
10, 10 30, maybe 11 o'clock. That's, that's my breakfast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same here, actually. But that's only, that's only if I'm home to make a bomb meal, like eggs, peppers, hash browns, bacon, turkey bacon. Yeah. You know? That's what's funny is I've always enjoyed up until the last few years, I always enjoyed like the weekend Sunday breakfast that I would make, you know, just scrambled eggs and like the seasoned house potatoes and bacon and like just a disgustingly mm. huge burrito. Oh yeah. And I remember. I, I always enjoyed, yeah, I always enjoyed that day. <laughs> and now I just, I, I kind of don't even, I don't ever crave any breakfast. Like it's kind of weird actually. There's, there's some things that I know I should implement more. Um, Cause I haven't had yogurt like I should be, you know, just, I mean, I'm taking probiotic stuff, which is always good, but you know, there's some things I cut out probably too much, but overall I feel, I don't know. I feel better. And like you said, 10, 11, sometimes I'll have it before. Sometimes I'll have it after, but it's always a lunch food too. It's not a breakfast food. I always have, and all my lunches are always really healthy, not even on purpose. They're just, they're just what I have. They're easy. They're light. They're like chicken and or steaks or, I don't know, something easy, Chipotle bowl, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just not a huge fan anymore, but it, I, I feel good. What I got to get back to is eating earlier in the night, you know, for dinner. Cause you yeah. have longer to fast. So you get back to that too. But since we are on the topic of food, I had like a point I wanted to make was, um, This whole, let's see, as far as everyone's got their opinion on, you know, diets and foods and things like that. And like mine is, I just make it very simple for anybody who, you know, wants to listen or give a shit. Um, I think the word diet is something you need to steer from and anything, you know, very faddish, you could probably steer from, you know, if you're a faddish diet is really just a diet that has some research behind it. So like, just do some research. But for me, you know, the best thing that's worked, I tried to think about this earlier on the drive back. So I had a nice long two hour drive. Thanks air force. Um, but if you can change your mindset to making a lifestyle change as far as like what you put in your body. Don't make it on purpose. You know, like a diet, like going on a diet or like eating healthier. Every time you even say it, it's like, now you're okay. So you're doing something on purpose. Right. But it's like, if you could just get to a point where it's just what you do and make it simple, like go to the grocery store. The next time you go to the grocery store and just don't buy shit that you don't <laughs> like that you shouldn't have, you know? And I don't know. It's, it's harder. It's, it's always easier said than done. Cause you know, if we're talking about like a food addiction, okay, well that's out of my league. But I mean, if it's really not, and you're like, maybe just lacking discipline, just simply changing your mindset, I feel like is the biggest thing for me. I mean, no, I've, that's like I well, said, okay. Said so done. Um, on that, for me, it was habitual, right? Um, when I got up to 296, when I got up to 280 and I made that change, it's not, 
it wasn't as simple as a a, a switch flipping kind of deal where okay i went from eating out every single night or multiple times a day to oh i am only having egg whites chicken and rice and vegetables yeah it's not it's, it wasn't that simple it was okay i need to find a meal that is delicious and that's going to fill me up to a healthy amount where I will be good for the next couple hours to make it to the next meal kind of deal mm -hmm. because I'm not going to have that grease sitting in my stomach filling me up for the next couple hours. Yeah. And then just switch into home cooked meals and then jumping on to CrossFit Whip's uh, diet which is based off of your body weight. But I mean, it's made, it was making those gradual changes. And I think that's why it was successful for me was it wasn't because I feel like, I feel like I want to relate this a little bit to like smoking or chewing tobacco. It's, it's, mm -hmm. if you go from eating out for every single meal or for twice a day or once a day kind of deal, that's a habit now. Maybe it's an addiction, and like you said, that's out of our league. But like, if it's just a habit, well, that's you just gotta. So a habit is like uh, an overbearing percentage of an addiction. So yeah. they're hand in hand. But I, I'm I'm agreeing with you because like, yeah, if it's a habit, that's it's you know, it's not just the addiction itself. The the habit is like the most addictive part of an addiction. You know, it's like, if I'm not making this stop for part of my day, what the fuck am I going to do with this time? You know, like, it's just there. Yeah. The habit itself is like the huge part of any addiction. You know, I mean, look at like dipping, bro. The, the smallest habit besides actually going out and getting it, having the time because you like the ritual. The one of the biggest habits for dipping is what? Like, <laughs> that's literally a huge yeah. habit for dipping. Cigarettes, same thing. You know, packing, lighting even just seeing smoke go in and out of your mouth is part of the addiction. That's not the addictive chemical, but that right there is actually um, addictive. Just seeing smoke being blown out, just stupid shit. Eating, like drinking, drinking alcohol. Yeah. Oh, I had a beer. Oh, time to put a dip in. Oh, I had dinner. Time to put a dip in. Yeah. Time to have a cigarette. Yeah. yeah, the habit itself is much more, I don't know, I think prevalent in your mind, but. And just making those like, gradual changes to break those habits it will make you successful in making the change to a healthier lifestyle yeah i was gonna say the um i don't i don't agree with the completely drastic thing because you're right that's it would be it's it's so temporary it just it never works you know and that's exactly why the word diet doesn't work because it's just so it's not a lifestyle change you know and lifestyle changes take time so like what I was going to say is when the last time, the last time I tried to do something was macro counting, you know, and yeah, technically that's, I mean, I guess it's a diet, but really it's like the simplest form of like, what amount of shit should I put in my mouth? Because here's the difference with, it's along the same lines of what you're saying, but with macro, like specifically counting your macros for your goals. Okay. Like it doesn't, your goals are going to be different. 
But the cool thing about macros is you can literally have whatever the fuck you want as long as it's within the macros. And so what I liked about it was um, simple stuff like the coolest part was that I never, ever, ever for like three, four straight months felt like I was um, like I was inhibiting anything. Like I, like I wasn't, I wasn't not satisfying myself ever. I never felt like I was going without, you know, like without that delicious taste, without that feeling of like, Oh, I'm so fucking full. Like I never went without that. And I got down to like sub 10% body fat. And again, that's not the goal. Okay. I'm saying like, if your goal, that's actually was the one thing I want to mention too. If your goal is 20%, 15%, 12% or any percent, just less than your percent now, fuck it. Um, the coolest thing about the macro was that I just noticed that, okay, if I want a chili cheese dog, dude, I had chili cheese dogs all the time. And I'm talking like, I'd have like five, but the, the simplest thing is like for macro counting was like, read your labels and, and just see, you don't even have to get the app. You could just do it in your head. Cause you, you only have, you know, a few meals a day. It's really not that hard. So like chili cheese dog, one regular beef Frank, has legit like 20 grams of fat in one hot dog, right? And then you got the bun and then you got the chili and then you got the cheese and that's one is like off the charts. So the small things that I was starting to do was like with every single food, there is some type of substitution. And if you are someone that's like, oh my God, a turkey dog, well then you don't really fucking care okay, about your health. Like you don't care that much, okay? Because they're fine. So like you got the bun, and then I went to like the turkey dog, which was like maybe five grams of fat. You know, I don't know all the other macros. I'm just saying this is just a comparison. And then you get like your fat-free American slice of cheese or your fat. Oh, it was fat-free shredded cheddar. And then turkey chili, which was like 99% fat-free. There was nothing. It's not just fat, obviously. There's other whatever. But in comparison... Like in comparison, every single food I had, there was, there was something else in the store that was the exact same thing that was so much better like yep. for you, even down to slices of bread. If you look, you know, what blows my mind is when everyone's like, oh my God, Dave's killer bread. Oh my God, this is whole wheat, whole grain. Yeah, that shit's not even good for you. But if you're counting macros and just trying to be healthier, lose weight, I got Sara Lee Delightful Bread. It's five grams of protein a slice. And like nothing else. And it's a piece of bread. Like, why is it so much different? I don't know. They made that shit in a lab. Who cares? It's a lot less. And then mm -hmm. there's what a small stuff. Like people even the last you know couple of years, you know, what's your diet? What's your this and that? I'm like, dude, look what I'm eating. It literally looks the exact same as yours. It's just I just chose a different thing, you know, and it tastes just as good too. Like I have ice cream or let's just say during this time where I was cutting all that weight and got down to 10%, I had ice cream every single night. Like, what? Like, <laughs> like I remember like my buddy at work, what? <laughs> like, just, and, <laughs> like, but I was like, dude, look, it's crazy. If you just take some time in the store next time, think like, oh, I want this, take a look at it and be like, okay, I want the same thing. Let's see if there's something that just changes with, carbs proteins fats right and one was the ice cream and it was the same brand it's the um dryers not briars dryers right they're like the cylindrical ones mm -hmm. and one was like mint chocolate chip in the brown one and then there was 
mint chocolate chip in the white like double churned one and it was like two and a half grams of fat for like a quarter for like two-thirds of a cup which isn't much but i mean like down if you if your macros the rest of the day are good pig out on some fucking ice cream because you're supposed to actually hit your numbers you're not even supposed to stay below your numbers you're supposed to hit the numbers that you set for yourself mm-hmm. you know so they're not they're not a maximum they're actually where you're supposed to be at and i don't know there's so many substitutions you know people with their salads that actually kind of blew my mind because i've been a huge Italian dressing fan for like my whole life. I mean, as a kid, I used to like drink Italian dressing. (sighs) (laughs) We were very poor. Um, And like, (laughs) but even just, you know, go to the store and read that shit, dude. You're like, I'm going to have salad. I'm going to have chicken Caesar salad. Yo, Caesar. That's worse than having a burger. (laughs) Like, like good Lord. Like look at how many, how many grams of fat there are on two tablespoons of most salad dressing yeah like it's ridiculous just below it's like just below 20 who uses two tablespoons of salad dressing oh actually i do but <laughs> <laughs> on one piece of lettuce <laughs> like a cup All right that, so, that reminds me like small. do you remember being on on the boat and i quit eating ranch with everything oh, i dropped wow, like yeah. 10 pounds in like the two weeks be- just because i cut ranch out of my diet Dude, I forgot about your ranch obsession. I completely forgot about it. But I mean, I was on a different level. I, I'd put ranch on anything. One guy told me that I wouldn't eat it with chocolate chip cookies, and I did, so. <laughs> Jesus. They were delicious. And he was wrong, so. Um, let me see. Okay, so like, uh, mention the goals thing. What's funny is like for me, I don't know. The, uh, you know, the body fat percentage thing is always funny for me because I've gone up and down about like doing something more serious with my enjoyment in the gym, but I never really, I never really want to. So I don't really give a shit too much about setting specific goals and hitting it. I just want well, basically what we just talked about, I just want to feel good. And then I just, and then I, I want to like have whatever I want to have, you know, without going overboard. Like, so what's crazy is I don't, I'm not doing a show, you know, like we're not, you know, we start doing merch and our hoodies and talk about gym stuff or whatever, but it's like, there's no, there's no end goal. It's just part of your day to feel good. And, you know, like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not working out at the gym really hard so I can eat whatever I want because that is pointless, but I am working out really hard at the gym and eating in a good way, you know, to make still good progress. You know, there's like, a, I don't know, there's a fine line there because if you're only going to the gym because you like to eat a lot and drink beer, it's kind of just a waste of time. You could just stop going to the gym and stop eating like shit and you would stay stagnant as well. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Yeah. There's no real point to it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't feel like I ever, I don't feel like I hold back too much of what I want to eat, want to drink. I just, like I just said, I just try to make the best decision of with what it is that I do want to have. You know, I mean, if it's a pizza, like once a week, I'm going to go to 
you know, like Blaze or Pyology or Mod or something like that and try to make it a certain way. Still, still delicious, you know? Yeah, well, on the whole, like, goals thing is, like, I have goals set, but like you said, it's not, it's not an end goal. Because if I do get to those goals, I'm not going to stop going to the gym because that's not why I'm there. Mm-hmm. Now I'm there for my therapy and my release, but I'm not going to just shoot aimlessly while I'm there. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to walk into the gym and just lift whatever weight it is right in front of me in whatever movement that I want. I, I'm pretty much just guiding my therapy to a point so that way like I can hit that point where uh, I think Seth says it best where I look good and naked, you know, <laughs> I love it when he says that. Yeah. It's like, I don't even need you woman. Look at this. <laughs> I don't even need you. Let's go stay right here with him. You got but, in the mirror. <laughs> and then as far as like strength goals, it's, I mean, I have unachievable goal set, like, beat eddie hall's deadlift goal you know jesus christ <laughs> it's i'm never gonna get there but well, i mean i might but i just set those goals to guide to guide me while i'm there you know they're not but the, like you said they're, they're definitely not end goals i think it's definitely good to i think it's definitely good to set them like the only times i mean we talked about it but like the only times i really ever really get into something is when I do set something when I do write it down or when I do have a, a deadline too especially um you know deadlines are always key because I can say like you know sooner than later I'm gonna get down to this or like one day or like this year or by the summer those are all just means to procrastination you know if you gave yourself 90 days that's when shit really gets going like in a great direction i mean like write it down give yourself a deadline and a goal to hit and you will figure it out like i think it's great because i mean i love going to you know go go seek out whatever it is you want to do besides the gym you know if it's go finding trails or a mountain bike or fucking rock climbing i don't know what it is running walking i don't care but like also go get like your work done if you can if you can afford it if you can find somewhere like go get an actual bca you know get a real body fat percentage to see where you're at. Cause I think a lot of people, if you don't look, if you ask like a typical person who just, you know, is overweight, like just not too bad, but like a little bit, they'd probably be like, Oh, I'm probably like, you know, 20, 22%. But it's like, I do this a lot now. And I realize that a lot of people probably don't realize they're walking around at like 30, 33, 35, you know, and that's men. Women are like five to 10% higher physiologically. Um, they probably don't realize that they're that high, you know? So for me, my only main goal is because I got, I got to a place I didn't want to be during COVID, you know, with the amount that I was drinking really, um, you know, the diets, I, the food is the food, like the food I like, and it's not really that bad. The food's always been okay. But, you know, the amount of drinking was really unhealthy and just got me to a point. Where I wasn't, I wasn't happy. Um, but I basically always just, I always just want to be like, you know, sub 15%. And that's, and I always say that because I've been to like 10, not when I was younger, because that's different. Like we said, you can eat whatever the fuck you want and not feel bad. 
but yeah. now at this age, you know, when I, when I got down to like 10%, I felt tired, you know, like I felt tired and kind of hollow and weak, but anywhere between 12 to 15, 13 to 15, I can maintain that and still be really strong. And you still look, you still look good. Like, um, honestly, anything below like 20 for a dude, you're going to look, you're going to look cut, you know, honestly, you don't gotta, that's a, one thing I would like to preach people too, is like your expectations of yourself. Don't base them on like, Oh, I have this YouTube you know, influencer. I follow half those fucking people aren't doing it naturally anyways. And think about this. It's their only job. So if you have a family and a nine to five, like have your own expectations, make up your own goal. Like look around and see what 18% looks like. Look at what 23% looks like, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see myself getting there and they look good and I could definitely do that. And I like how they look. I like their functionality. Like that makes sense. You know, you're not doing a fucking show. Like just be healthy, have your longevity. You're going to look cut as fuck. Like I'm saying, I mean, and people's expectations are like i need to be at eight percent like this person i follow on instagram like that shit's unhealthy and it's not even that tangible you know like <laughs> it's it's not healthy also yeah. i mean that's the bottom line is it's just not yeah i think uh like you're saying you were saying that uh people don't even know what they're walking around at yeah and I, I'm pretty sure I remember this number right because, like, I wanted to vomit when I heard this number, but I got I got mine done at uh, at the gym when I signed back up out here when I was at the 296. Yeah, and I was I was at 37 percent body fat. And I was like, that is gross that i've allowed myself to do that that's insane and i mean i'm not saying if you are at 37 you're you're gross but for me to allow myself to allow my body to get to that point before um stopping it before getting involved getting back involved was gross you know yeah i mean that's what and see what's crazy too is like people are so worried about everyone else like yes you're right you can you can say it about yourself right but as far as like is it okay you know if you're listening to this and you mean you're there okay i can't call you gross but i'm not going to sit here and fucking say it's okay you know oh yeah yeah definitely not going to sit here and encourage you to feel good about it because honestly it's not about it's not about what people see it's about your actual health and you are definitely in a detrimental place like you are definitely you're shortening your lifespan you're definitely hurting your chances of you know being a healthier person so like i'm never going to sit here and say it's okay you know um as far as other people yeah yeah you know like the the whole like protect your feelings so that you can keep killing yourself i'm not not my jam you know but see here oh man so i gotta <laughs> we'll do the our little merge plug and it's actually gonna so i had a tie-in for it but 
talk about a habit. Okay, so or or a addiction, I guess you could say, right? There's definitely bad addictions, and then there's, I mean, the the word addiction, I guess, in general is probably not a good thing because everything in moderation, blah blah blah. Um, but as far as like the habit goes, dude, like when it comes to the gym, it is such a ritual, you know, beginning to end. It's like, you know, the underwear, the socks, what pants am I going to wear? What shirt am I going to wear? Am I going to wear a hoodie, the hat, the beanie? I got to have my straps, my wraps, my knee wraps, my elbow sleeves, my headphones. For the love of God, if I don't have my headphones, I will drive 30 minutes back to wherever I just came from. And what I was going to mention was like the feel good clothes. I think are different for everybody, but for some reason with my, our specific take on the gym and like the whole therapeutic side was for some reason, it does not matter if it's winter or a hundred degrees. Cause I'm not going to be outside typically, but if it's winter or a hundred degrees out, I will be wearing a hoodie and more than likely a hat or a beanie. I don't give a shit what the weather is. And for some reason I, I've been doing it for years and for whatever reason, it helps me. It's almost like, what do you call them? Like, are they called, I don't know if they're called blinders. I'm not a whole yeah, I, I was literally about to make the analogy, dude. Like, like the blinders on a horse for their eyes. For yep. some reason, mentally, it, it, I don't really know what it is. It's almost like a safety blanket slash like, it kind of makes me feel like I'm not around a bunch of people and that I can actually really get into my emotional side. And it's, I don't know what it is. I think it's just the amount of like coverage you have from a hoodie and possibly a beanie or a hat that's like super low. And uh, mentally it just helps me focus until I really get going, you know, and then, you know, the, there's always the fun and like, the hoodie or some type of layer coming off after you really get going, you feel good about yourself and things like that. But yeah, the, the feel good clothes are huge for me. Like I got to have a hoodie. I got to have a beanie. Like I'm always that dude in the gym with a fucking beanie. I don't care if it's summer out. Like it's just a, it's a mental thing for me. Yeah. It'll be a hoodie or the sweater and beanie. Yeah. Um, I've never worn a hat too much i kind of started it and it it helped a little bit but it wasn't the same feeling i don't know if it had like i don't know why the, the i don't know why the beanie works for me too mentally because it, it literally has no vision coverage at all maybe it's yeah. like the compression or something like i yeah. literally don't yeah. know i know I'm, but, I'm exact same feeling i'm not really sure but but definitely the hoodie with the hood up and it literally almost doing like the blinders thing for the horses, you know? Yeah. And just getting you into that focus and getting into that headspace for you to just destroy this workout. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking as you're, as you're, cause you were like doing this. Um, it's almost like, it's funny because now I'll have the hoodie on. Right. And I have one of those, the wraparound masks, you know, whatever you want to call those, like the full neck ones that you can just. Yeah. I just got those. Whatever. Yeah. So like I got the hoodie and I got that and a hat or a beanie. So I'm talking like, I literally have like, like it's just my eyes that are like, mm -hmm. it's like the only thing that's not blocked is my eyes. And it's almost kind of like a 
this is my safe place. I'm not here to fucking talk to anybody. And it's almost like you're kind of invisible because like, you're obviously not, but it's kind of, it kind of feels like nobody can really see you or who you are or like the fact that you might quietly be raging inside your little mask and hoodie and beanie. I don't know. It's kind of like a, a curtain, like in a, it's almost like you're wearing these emotions and things on your sleeve and you don't want people to see it. You know, I literally thought about this today, today, yesterday, because I had, I had, uh, I had a sweatshirt on that had a little bit of a bigger hood. So it came out a little bit further and it was literally like the blinders and I had the mask on. And then I actually put my sunglasses on too, because, uh, or I had my sunglasses on, I was about to take them off, but then I like caught a glimpse in my mirror and i was like i wonder if it feels this way and it puts us in that headspace because it's almost like a reassurance that we're unapproachable like we are visually putting off that we are closed off like don't come talk to us don't distract me that's actually a great dude that is a because we are visually putting off we that we're closed off you know we're not approaching exactly that's exactly how i feel too there really is so then it just puts you in that focus headspace you know yeah that's a great explanation that's exactly how i feel and it's funny because like i get you know it's it's just it's it's funny but everyone's in there for different reasons you know but when i when, when i we are like that and i'm like in the zone of feeling fucking great and i'm getting it all out and i'm like getting a great workout Mm-hmm. And I look around and I just see like the gym fucking butterflies. Like I just get so irritated. I don't know why it's not, you know, whatever. Everyone like to each their own, you know, like in the backside of my mind, I'm like, yo, chill, bro. Like to each their own. They're here to talk and have a good time with their friends. Like, but I get so fucking mad. Like, I don't know, not even like at the person. I'm just like, oh, what a waste of my space. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I get so mad. There's literally people in there that like, I just don't get it, bro. I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, you know, because I'm there for my reason. So I don't need to get it, whatever. I'm not judging. But like, at the same time, I kind of am. Because there's people that just, there's dudes especially that like, literally prance around just to talk to people or chicks or like, just lifting up their shit in the mirror and like in front of everybody, you know, like, just i'm like i don't i don't know i think i don't i don't need the biggest thing is like i don't need the validation from people i don't know like at all i don't need i don't need someone else to validate me i can go home and look and feel validated or not validated you know <laughs> like i'm like oh cool yeah feel good today i'm not gonna be in there like hey you seeing this you guys seeing this like i don't know yeah i mean everybody's in there for a different reason well just about everybody's in there for a different reason yeah (laughs) i don't always get it but oh i almost hit one of those butterflies the other day (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's just because they were being butterflies while i was trying to do flies with my chest and they were just in their own world, having their conversation. And I wasn't going to let it stop my therapy. So, 
that's one thing I forgot to mention was like, um, just as a, just as a recommendation, when we were talking about food, um, every, ah, man, like too many people that I know, but like, if you, if you don't know how to cook, learn how to cook, like not anything glamorous or whatever, but I mean, Jesus half the, half of the time that I hear about, you know, I'm not even going to say the word. It's not diets. It's just like, it's a, it's a lack of, uh, it's just a lack of options, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, but, but the excuse is always just, well, I don't know how to cook and I'm too lazy to learn, blah, blah. It's like, you can make it fun. I mean, me personally, this is why I want to talk about it too, is it's actually one of the, it's actually one of the next, it's actually one of the next greatest types of therapy for me. And I, I, I realized that years ago. I mean, I don't even really know why, um, but there's something very therapeutic and kind of cathartic about, you know what? I think it's the process. I think it's just the process. You know, you have to prep stuff. You have to cut stuff. You have to time things out. I think it's because it's kind of meticulous and it takes your focus. It kind of takes you away from what you're doing. I think that's probably what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a process too. You gotta go to the store, which the store is like my fucking candy shop. I don't know why I'm like, I love going to the store, but you got to get all this stuff. You got to prep it. You got to time it all out. You know, you're kind of taking care of it. You get to cut stuff and then you get a finished product. And it's like, you get to see something come to fruition. You get to eat it. So like, if you don't know how to cook, just, you know, look up something that sounds good and just try one thing, try one thing like once a week, you know, if you have a significant other, you know, and maybe one of you knows how to cook or neither of you knows how to cook, like make a fucking date out of, out of it. Like, Hey, let's ruin some food together. That'll be fun. You know, or maybe it'll come out good. Who knows? If not, you get a backup, but yeah, I mean, cooking is huge. I mean, it'll just cooking at home alone will definitely drive you to be much, much healthier. But the other thing I noticed too, with cooking was shit. I noticed this a few years ago too. It's kind of funny. Cause I, I like to host, but I also hate people. <laughs> so like, it's really weird. I love being a host and providing food to people because it makes me feel good to give people food. But I also don't like loud groups. Like I actually hate it. I hate loud groups of people like in my vicinity. It just gives me anxiety. And so whenever I would have people over, I love to be the one cooking because they can be like, Hey, can you, I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm over here cooking, doing this. Leave me the fuck alone. So like everyone can be off to the side or in another room and I'm going to be in the kitchen cooking because I don't have to be around all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just doing your own thing, focusing on your shit, making some food and everyone else can be off doing their, their butterfly stuff. So yeah, I would suggest learning how to cook. Well, I want to, I want to touch on that. Like, yes, great advice, learning how to cook in order to do it. But like, also, if you don't know how to cook and you don't want to learn how to cook, <laughs> it's also not an excuse because I literally cut from 220 um, to 180 while I was in the Navy using a microwave and a skillet and a mini mug for groceries. Was able to get all my nutrients in. Well, actually, you know what? I did have lunch on board. So there was one meal that was prepped for me, but 
I was able to put in the hard work and cut. And that's literally the only time that I did not have to get um, taped. I, I actually passed the weigh-in portion of the BCA for the military. Yeah, so you talk about discipline and that, but it's cool because like you said, the one prepped me on the ship, but even then you have the option to not be disciplined, you know, on the one prep meal. So even that meal, you're still. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, still, they're required to provide you the healthy options, but like they also have the unhealthy options there too. Yeah. It's just a lot of discipline. That's all that is. A lot of discipline and a lot of work after hours. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, as far as the gym goes, that was our little, you know, I mean, it's ongoing. Um, the next step, we're still going to talk about it. Um, so we're actually, you know what, to be honest, to be honest, we need to start this sooner than later. Um, we as in, you know, me, but <laughs> like <laughs> as far as um, the merch, I'm really excited about it. And um, I can really see, I can really see a lot of, different people doing a lot of different things wearing it. And that's kind of what's cool about it. Um, my buddy was saying that he would, I mean, his, you know, both of our thing, but his thing is like golfing. And he's like, dude, I would definitely wear that shit. He's like, I definitely wear that hat golfing. I'm like, he's out there literally only golfing as therapy. <laughs> you know, like it's the only reason he's out there. You know, he's not trying to really get much better. He's just out there to, breathe some fresh air and calm the fuck down after a long week. And he was like, I could, I definitely get what you guys are doing. He's like, I would love to wear that hat golfing. And I'm like, sick. Yeah. I'm going to wear it in the gym. I got buddies already that say that they would wrap the shit out of it in the gym. Um, so I'm excited, you know, come up with some details and. Pierce will wear it while he's sitting in his Jeep. That doesn't move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's fixing stuff. I'll wear it while I, uh, I'll wear the gear and stuff whenever, uh, I pick my stream back up for video gaming. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, therapy is the therapy portion that we're talking about can be literally anything, you know? Yeah. And I don't think we can emphasize that enough. No, we definitely need to more often. I mean, I still, it's the whole point. So, um, Again, if you hear this, you made it all the way through. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, ask us some questions, you know, um, request a topic, write in anything like that. And like uh, I said, you can send it to the, the, you can send it to the email, the underscore headcases at yahoo.com. Give us a follow. I think, I believe that we are going to be good to go on YouTube. Um, Yep, we're good on YouTube. Like I said, and anywhere else. And um, oh, what's the YouTube like link? Uh, the YouTube channel is Headcase. It's just Headcase. Is it one word or two? Uh, it's all one. Oh, it's one. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Like I said, that was a lot of gym talk. I'm sure we're going to, I'm sure we're going to reach out to a lot of gym type people. That's great. But at the end of the day, um, dig into the emotional mental side and make that shit better first and everything else will follow. You know, I mean, I'm literally, I mean, well, both of us shit, both of us are literally going through it right now. Um, 
some stuff we can talk about more. You know, like I said, I'm going through treatment, relationship issues, you know, Colin's going with what he's going through. And uh, priority number one is priority number one is investing in yourself. You know, don't think that everyone else is more deserving of your energy than yourself. So that being said. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys.